Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Butcher. And I'm Michelle Ridfin. And we're behind the Lead to Soar podcast. We've got a couple really fun things to share with you. And the first thing we want to share is our colleague, Susan Colantuno. She started a podcast called Be Business Savvy. Be Business Savvy. We highly recommend it. And it's a short form podcast where you hear directly from Susan. It's like having a friendly mentor in your ear. So check her out at BeBusinessSavvy.com. Over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Mel. Well, two exciting things from me, along with Be Business Savvy. Number one, The Leadership Compass. My very first book is due for release on March 26, 2024. You can find out more about The Leadership Compass, what it's all about. Of course, it'll be your ultimate guide if you're an ambitious woman leader. You can find more about that at michelleredfern.com. And hand in hand with the Leadership Compass book is the Leadership Compass boot camps. I'm going to do one boot camp a quarter for 2024 for just six women at a time. And you'll be working through in three weeks. So, yes, it's short, sharp, and high impact. All of the elements from the Leadership Compass and my 40 years of executive experience. So, you'll cover BQ, EQ, and SQ, and you will be positioned to have a career that soars. Again, you can find out about the boot camps at michelleredfern.com, leadtosoar.com, or if you can't find any of that, just drop us a line and we'll point you in the right direction. You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of a career that soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. The Lead to Soar podcast is recorded in many places across the world. In Australia, it's recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung, Wurundjeri and Boon Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and the hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. We also pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Michelle, it's so good to be back with you for another episode of Lead to Soar. It is indeed, Mel. As everyone knows that listens, this is one of my favorite things to do. And today we're talking about a topic that you and I are both passionate about. We definitely have some opinions and thoughts to share Do you want to give us an intro? Yeah, well, there's never any shortage of opinions when, well, I can't speak for you, but when I'm around, because I've got an opinion about everything. So we're going to talk about politics today, Mel, and I want to kick us off with a question, which is, have you ever heard or said or thought, oh, I just don't do politics at work? And if you have thought or heard or said that, this is the episode for you, because guess what? You have to do politics at work. And women particularly have to pay attention to, and I'm using air quotes listeners, doing politics at work because doing politics, and we're going to break that down, what that that actually means is a career enabler not doing politics and not getting involved. And and we'll talk about some different terminology can be a career derailer. Yeah, and I would go so far as to say, There's no opting out of politics. If you believe you're opting out of politics, you're 
de facto just disengaging from the human dynamics at your workplace that have the potential to take you to higher levels, take you to the top, take you to the strategic places you want to go. And, you know, I was thinking about this before we started recording. And one thing I realized is that the negative mindsets that women get about politics, I think that it is tied in a small part. It's tied to the conditioning that we have to not label ourselves as ambitious. I think there is conditioning in society that says, you know, women shouldn't be that way, you know, keep your head down, be quiet. So you and I've talked about this before that ambition, it can be a difficult word for some women to own. And I think that that is tethered in some respect also to this mindset that some people, some women in particular can have about uh, this feeling that politics is air quotes bad. The other thing to build on that, Mel, is that conditioning that women receive around the way we need to behave. And yes, ambition is a is a large part of that or a component of that. And women are conditioned to behave in acceptable ways, which is kind, compassionate, nurturing, being a good team player, building others up, lifting others up. Now, when you think about politics and listeners, think about your wherever you are in the world, your legislative assembly, do you associate the words kind, compassionate, lifting others up with your legislative assembly, with politics as we know it? No, probably not. I think we'd be a hell of a lot better in the world if we did. So women are conditioned to behave in this way. And when we don't display those characteristics and attributes associated with female behavior, it's jarring for others. So politics can be seen as, you know, this is getting stuff done through and with others in organizations, influencing outcomes, not just directing with command and control. It's, and it's a whole bunch of, but ultimately it's seen as Machiavellian or scheming when actually it's not. And again, that conditioning that we have about as women and how we should behave. And and look, I'm a white woman. I'm a middle-aged, educated white woman. So I have a bucket load of privilege and there there are a few doors not open to me. So if I think about my sisters of colour, so black women, women of colour, culturally and linguistically diverse women, those layer upon layer of expectations around their behaviour, it multiplies. So, so playing politics can be the real antithesis of how society conditions women to behave. So this is another element of us breaking free of the mould or the, the I guess, those walls, as, as Susan calls them, those walls that have been built around women. I want to talk about breaking down some of the, the negative mindsets. And you shared a wonderful Harvard Business Review article with me called How Women Can Get Comfortable Playing Politics at Work. And so we're going to be pulling some bits out of that to share with you. And well, let's just walk through some of these. So there's there's a handful of reasons that women often dislike politics at work. Let's Let's talk a little bit about each one. So the first one is, my work should speak for itself. Mm. Now, in the work that I do with organisations, and when that, that encompasses helping women to reach their full potential, one of the first things that, that I do with groups of women and their managers is talk about the missing 33%. The missing 33% being business, strategic and financial acumen. 
part of that that module that I deliver to bosses and and to women is this is what bosses say about why women don't get ahead. And this is from the research. So my fabulous strategic partners leading now and I have researched for more than 20 years. And we have literally thousands of data points from bosses about why women don't get ahead verbatim, qualitative as, as well as quantitative. And bosses say that she is so, she doesn't get ahead because she's so focused on her own work, so focused on doing a great job in her own work. She's not paying attention to anyone else's work, my work, or my boss's work. So it's, and I I usually call it the head down, bottom up syndrome. I've got my head down, bottom up, and I know that when I do a really good job, everyone's going to notice and that'll get me ahead. Meh, doesn't happen. So that's mindset number one. Let's overcome the fact that you actually do have to authentically and gracefully self-promote. And yes, we're going to talk about that, listeners, in another episode about how to do that. But playing politics, and and again, let's talk about human dynamics, being able to talk about your work, talk about the strategic and financial outcomes that you are driving towards for the organisation is a huge part of playing politics. And we want women to pay attention to, yes, their own work and promoting it, what they've done for the organisation. So you're promoting your work, not yourself. For those of you going, oh, I hate looking, talking about myself. But you're also making sure that your work, your team's work, your boss's work, other people know about it. That's politics. It's really important. Again, think about those people in legislative assemblies around the world. We always know what they're talking about and what they're going to do. I don't know. I have a bit of a problem about what they actually do sometimes, but we want to hear about outcomes that our politicians are driving for. We have to do the same in our job. So Mel, what are you going to deliver this day, this this week, this month, this year? And don't make me hunt for it, talk about it. So playing politics is a big part about, you know, you talking about your work. Head down, bottom up is not going is not going to be enough. And the authors of this article gave a reframe. So instead of my work should speak for itself, the reframe is it's my responsibility to show people how my work connects to theirs. I would even say it's my responsibility to show people to show leaders how my work connects to the strategic mission and goals of the organization. So listeners, one thing you might ask yourself is just, do you have clear line of sight to lots of people in the organization and every single thing that they do and how it contributes to the mission? The answer is probably not. And the people that you might have some line of sight to, it's probably because they do a good job showcasing that their work is tethered to strategic initiatives. And they're doing that through communication. That's part of politics. 100%. And for those of you thinking, well, I'm not in sales, I'm, I'm not facing the customer, here are three ways to think about your work. So yes, you can look at the strategic and financial outcomes of the organization. You must actually and say, how does my work, how do I map my work to that? And we have this inner career that soars. We have a, a terrific exercise that we do in one of our courses or in many of our activities actually called a positional purpose statement. Why does my 
position exist and what outcomes am I driving for? But more simply, this rule of thumb, when you talk about your work, whether it's at a team meeting, whether it's with your boss or your boss's boss, internal stakeholders outside of your part of the organisation, think about what is it that I do for our customers, our people and our shareholders? Because you will be doing something that affects one or all of those groups of people who are the stakeholders involved in the organisation. Customers, people, shareholders. You'll be doing something for one of those groups. Think about that and talk about it. So for those of you in, I don't know, maybe the finance area, you can say, I'm I'm the custodian. I'm working in an area that's that's the custodian um, of our finances for the organisation so that our shareholders can feel safe that we're in good hands and that their investment is going to deliver a return. You know, it's, it's, it's really, once you start looking at what you do and how you do it and who you're impacting, then you can start talking about your work in other, which I think segues us to the next the next point, in other environments authentically. But it's poli- it, that's politics, talking about your work. Okay. The next one, the second mindset shift that needs to happen. So this is the, this is the negative mindset about politics. Uh, number two, building connections is an extracurricular activity. Well, regular listeners will know exactly what my answer is going to be, <laughs> which is networking is working. And as you, as you build your career in your, well, as you build your career, the more senior you become, the higher your external activities, the indexing on your external activities should become. And when I say external, I mean external to your team and the people that report to you. Because it's your job as a as a senior member of the organization to build relationships internal to the organization, but certainly external to the organization so that you have first access through your strategic networking, first access to the best and brightest solutions to take your company forward. Those best and brightest solutions might be people. So it might be talent. It might be suppliers who are innovative, agile, nimble, and are great, going to be great partners for your organization. It could be customers who don't yet know about how great your organization is. So networking is bloody hell, it's working. And if you're not doing it, you are not doing your job. So again, let's shift this mindset and thinking, oh, do I really have to go to that networking function at 7.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night? Well, I don't know. Do you? Get strategic. Who's there? Why is it important for you to show up? Is it linked to your organisations or your personal or professional goals? If yes, go and go with a really, really positive growth mindset. If not, delete You've got a Wednesday night back to yourself because if it's not linked to any of those goals. So again, if we come back to when well, we've talked about networking a lot, but we've got a specific episode on, on networking. Networking is strategic when it's linked to a goal. So what is the goal here? To take your organization forward, to take your career forward. So networking is working. Networking is politics. Politics is good. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing I want to add here is that your networking goals don't have to be something like I'm trying to sell a service or I need to close a deal. It doesn't have to be that. I mean, it certainly can be that. But when we're talking about the growth of your career, it can also be things like 
I'm, I'm networking, I'm investing time and energy into networking because I need to be known in my organization to get where I'm trying to go. That is still a valid goal. 100%. Mel, we had a, a really, so every week in A Career That Soars, I host a one hour, a power hour of coaching for women. And just this last week, we had this this topic come up. One of our members said, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, she said, I want to be invited to speak on more panels and increase my visibility in my industry. Hello. <laughs> now, why? Why? Because that was going to, that is going to be very, very important for her credibility as an executive in her current organization and her credibility as an executive and as a thought leader. Hate that expression. Can't think of another one. As a thought leader in her industry. This is the person we go to for X. And so it was a great conversation because he said, right, so you've got a really clear goal. Now what are we going to do about it? And that means being very disciplined and saying, where will I show up to demonstrate business strategic and financial acumen? Where will, where will I show up to demonstrate my greatness and my authority in this ecosystem? Yep. Oh, I love that example so much. And it, it, it ties back to the first thing we were talking about as well, because, you know, for any of you who have organized some type of event, some type of trade event, if you get approached by a complete stranger who says, hey, I'd like to come speak at your event, and you don't know them, they haven't done any work to build a reputation with you, they have been maybe working really hard at their job, and maybe they think their work speaks for itself. But guess what? It doesn't because you don't know them and you don't trust them. So take a look at yourself and recognize your own human behavior, your animal instincts that you want to work with people and help people that you know, respect, and trust. And that's how other people are too, are too. And that's what strategic networking is really about, is building that trust. 100%. So again, I, and I'm thinking about an article I read. So as we record this in Australia, there's a federal election campaign going on. But I was reading about grassroots campaigning and door knocking. The young man who's uh, who was talking about this a particular campaign where they're trying to unseat a sitting member who's been, had that seat for a long time. I've just said, we are knocking on every single door because people have got to see us. They've got to know us. They've got to respect us. They've got to trust us. So we have to show up on their doorsteps to show them who we are. That's politics, man. Who are you Who, who are you door knocking to so you can build the, the no respect trust trilogy? That's politics quite literally in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm curious how you'll how you'll handle this next one. So the the third thing that women think negative about politics that has to change is this idea that politics is inauthentic. So I'm going to go straight away and call bullshit on that because it is, it will be authentic if you have that mindset that though I feel awkward and this is just I'm just trying to get stuff out of people and I'm trying to sell. Absolutely that is that is inauthentic. But when you are thinking about this is part of me achieving my my professional goals, part of 
my organization's goals and its expectations. And I've got it linked to what am I bringing here or how am I bringing people together? But I just go back, good old Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence enemies. You know, how are you influencing outcomes in organizations that are increasingly looking to become, I I, I say this with a grain of salt because we've still got very hierarchical organizations, but organizations are looking to try to become flatter, give people more autonomy collaboration. Now, how many collaboration tools have you got on your desktop right now, folks? Oh my goodness. So collaboration is a big part of politics. How do I get the right people in the right place at the right time, having the right conversation to deliver the right outcomes? That's politics, my friends. So one of the things that I really enjoy doing is being a connector. I really, really like connecting people with people. For no particular primary gain of my own other than I know Mel and Joe should meet each other because I know they can do business together, whatever it may be. But I've got to tell you, it is very authentic, but there's also, it's strategic for me because I know that both Mel and Joe are going to go, that Michelle Redfern's pretty good at connecting people. Gee, she's a good networker. Wow, she's a thought leader, blah, 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 blah. Insert lots of other superlatives here. It is not inauthentic if it's linked to a goal and it's and you are genuinely saying, this is part of who I am and what I bring and how I show up in service of myself, my professional goals, as well as my organization. Right. Bringing your values to work and your 100%. communication. So the authors reframed this as, I'm being paid to have a point of view and share it. Absolutely. So again, I'm being kind of trying to be thoughtful about this, Mel, because I speak from a position of privilege. So what's on my side, as I've said, I'm middle-aged, I'm white, I'm educated. No, so I've got I've got a bucket load of privilege here and, and I'm confident. So there's not a lot of places that I would go where I wouldn't feel comfortable stepping forward and sharing my opinion. Now, for those of you who don't identify in ways like me, so you may not be confident, you may be a woman of colour or culturally diverse, you may be shy, and I'm not going to talk about introversion, extroversion, because that actually it's not what I want to talk about. But if you're shy and you're thinking, oh, I don't know how to bring my ideas forward, this is actually, you are paid to contribute your ideas. Imagine if your CEO had a company full of people who did not share ideas to take the organisation forward. What would the CEO be doing going, oh my goodness gracious, I've, I've brought all this talent into this organization. I have invested salary and other stuff in including collaboration tools and, you know, buildings and, you know, whatever other infrastructure to harvest the collective wisdom of this organization, of the people in this organization. Imagine if we all just sat there and shut up and did our work. We wouldn't be innovating. We wouldn't be creating. We wouldn't be collaborating. We wouldn't be taking the organization from good to great. So hugely important that you have an opinion, but you also bring others together. And in terms of using inclusive leadership practices, be become known as an inclusive leader, so someone who makes space for the ideas to bubble up, who encourages constructive conflict and manages it and facilitates it well. This is politics and it's human dynamics, right, Mel? So anytime there's more than yourself in a room, guess what? You're playing politics. You're playing human dynamics and you've got to be really good at it. 100% agree. I'm Mel Butcher and I want to talk to you about the Ascend Workshop. Ascend is a workshop I created for early career professionals who are ready to take the next steps in their career. The next step could be aiming for a promotion and salary raise, 
or it could be looking for the next step up in another organization. Together, we'll cover using emotional intelligence in the workplace, getting our communication on point, understanding mentorship and sponsorship, and how to get it, and positioning ourselves for the next step. I'd love to see you inside the Ascend Workshop. Learn more under the Courses section inside A Career That Soars. Okay, the fourth negative mindset that women can have about politics is, I'm not someone who plays hardball. Well, the, the words that are used in this part of the article say are gossip, backstabbing, sabotaging, and intimidation. And they say that women and a fair number of men have an aversion to these tactics and prefer power that is based on influence, relationships, and win-win approaches. I think that pretty much says it all. When you, If you are gossiping, backstabbing, sabotaging, uh, and even intimidating, people, or you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. So we can kind of go, I don't think you're listening. So we don't need to tell you to stop it. <laughs> but that is not politics. And again, I think we have so many dreadful examples of this in the legislative assemblies around the world of, of that exact behavior going on. So, but let's think about it as power. And and I, I do want women to be much more comfortable with the notion of power. In fact, as we record this listeners, it's May in uh, 2022 and we're we're talking about power and the, and the language of power in a career that soars this month because let's get much more comf- comfortable with power. But power isn't command and control. Power isn't directing people to do stuff or harassing, intimidating or bullying them. It is having the ability and the skill, the leadership skill to engage the greatness in others by understanding what they're good at what their purpose is, where their passions lie and their ideas and bringing that together or bringing it all together and influencing them to go go down a certain path. Now, that might mean that you have to really uh, use your influencing and negotiation skills and if you want if you want some really good guidance about women influencing and negotiating, you need to to listen to our recording with with Fatini Iconopoulos who is the hugely successful author around strategic negotiation, but it, this is you know, we all bargain. For those of you who might be parents, you're bargaining with your children, no matter what age they are, every single day. We we bargain in real life. We influence outcomes in, in real life. So, And that's okay. It's 100% okay. Because other than that, you know, hey, Mel, would you like to walk off the end of that cliff? Well, Michelle, not today. Is there an alternative that rather than walking off the end of the cliff? Yeah, I'm going to try and negotiate my way out of walking off the end of this damn cliff. And, and look, I'm being silly, but no, Mel, we all have to negotiate and influence. I mean, you and I, we're, we're partners in in a couple of different ventures and we have different ideas and we we, we arrive at a, a collective position and we may have started off in, in completely different parts, but both of us are influencing and negotiating with each other every time we have a conversation. I don't know. We're still mates. <laughs> we, we still respect each other. So, hello. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, the authors reframed this one as my leadership tactic needs to ch- to match the situation. My leadership tactic needs to match the situation. And I want to say here that this is one of those places where I 
struggle with that word authenticity because I believe that we are not paid to show up in the world to be authentic. We're paid to show up and be professionals. And I think this is a great example of that, that my leadership, my communication style, how I show up to a room, to a virtual room, etc., it has to change to match the people in it and what we're trying to accomplish together. So that's not wrong. That's reality. Yeah. And like you, I have a, a complicated relationship with the word authentic, A, because it's completely overused and it, it has connotations, right? Because, you know, my authentic self, some days people don't really want to see because it's probably not fit for purpose. But as as we've talked about in other episodes, I always think of Beetlejuice, you know, showtime. Game face, right? You got to have game face on and, and it's not inauthentic. This is how I show up in service of the people in the room with me. And that is, that is truly agile leadership. So I think the other piece I want to pull out of this is understanding and building your skills to identify the leadership style or the engagement style that's required for this particular situation. And engaging the greatness in others, we have we have our 5C engagement strategy and it is a strategy. What do I who who do I need to be in this moment to get the best possible outcome, the win-win outcome, win-win-win in this case, win for them, win for me, win for the organization. I love that. Who do I need to be in this moment? And, you know, even something as simple as this podcast is a great example. You know, I'm sure there are times when I've shown up to record or you've shown up to record and we haven't been feeling, you know, a hundred percent, but we don't show up and record because we feel 100%. We show up and record because we're here to serve. And we show up and record because we're professionals that have made a commitment to you, listener, to make this for you. 100%. Absolutely. Let's move on to the, the fifth and last negative mindset that women can have about politics. The penalties are too great. The penalties are too great for engaging in politics. So Mm. there are some negative stereotypes about politics and the consequences, including that, and this goes back to the ambition piece, right? When women show up with a high amount of ambition, it's not always received the same way as if a man shows up in the same way. And this is as you said earlier, this is uh, has a multiplied effect if you are a woman of color or a culturally diverse woman. So talk to us about this. Yeah. So, so we go back to the double bind, which is we want women to be skilled and to get ahead. But when they display the the set of behaviors that we associate with getting ahead, we punish them for it. So that, you know, the double bind. So we be, a, be more assertive, Mel. When Mel's more assertive, whoa, geez, she's a aggressive one, you know, so we've, we've, there are numerous stories around that. The, the whole thing around this is that we know gender dynamics come into play and we know that, and, and I'm making a gross generalization here, that men and women are viewed as having, men are seen as competitive and that's okay. Women are seen as collaborative, consultative and looking for win-win and that's okay. And I think there's there's a happy medium between the two because we're talking about two very binary, two binary sets of characteristics here. I think competition, healthy competition 
he's exactly that very, very healthy. So I want to have a competitive edge. I want to win, but I don't want to win at the cost of others. So in particularly, so in my line of work, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion, lots and lots of people doing what I'm doing around the world. We all do it in our own way, but we all have to do it because I have a mindset of abundance. There is so much work to do to level the playing field for women and girls in, in the world that I, I look and I think, I couldn't possibly do it all. So I need I need other people to be be stepping up. If I didn't have that mindset, I'd be trying to perhaps crush the others. Or, you know, think if I was thinking with a purely competitive mindset rather than a win-win, I'd be, you know, I think it's a it's a destructive race to the bottom kind of game. With women uh, in, in in organizations, what we want to have you do is say that, uh, and it comes back to the, you know, this. This, this notion of authenticity. Um, and I really want to debunk it again, Mel, because, you know, to be an authentic woman that people can know, trust and respect or know respect and trust, how should she be behaving? Well, she should behave in a way that she, that's in line with her values, so her personal greatness, in line with her values, in line with her worldviews. But she also needs to be strategic and say, I'm here. I'm being paid by the organisation to deliver outcomes. So I need to drive towards those outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. Now, whatever way you want to do that, you do that. And I would pay less attention to the zero-sum kind of behaviours and more attention to how do I win people over? Mm. How do I get people to do stuff when I can't direct them to do stuff? It's such a hard one because I know that women are punished when they behave in ways that we have traditionally seen leadership display, that one-dimensional view of leadership, confident, charismatic, and you know, talks a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I want to share an example that came across recently. So inside A Career That Soars, we do book discussions and they're focused on career, business, etc. We recently read a book called Expect to Win by Carla Harris. And of course, Carla Harris is an extremely successful Wall Street executive. She's published several bestsellers. She's just an extremely accomplished woman. And she's also a black woman. And she writes candidly about her experiences being a black woman working her way up in the the financial world on Wall Street. And one of the stories in, in her book, which I hope you will check out, buy a copy of and read, one of her stories was about she got feedback at work that a manager didn't like to give her feedback because she would be really forceful in defending herself. So whenever she would get reviewed by this this manager, this man, and he brought up something that maybe wasn't going well, she felt early on like she had to defend herself and state her case why it's not correct. So she hears from someone, a colleague that, hey, you know, this person doesn't like to give you feedback because this is how they perceive your response to it. And so she could have assumed like this person's never going to be on my side. This person is out to hurt my career or whatever. But what she did was she decided, I'm going to go into the next reviews with him and I'm just going to listen. I'm going to listen to what he says, maybe ask some questions. And once she started to do that, she she didn't have to agree with everything he said. 
that was not the point. You don't have to agree. But the, the point was that she listened and that manager started to see her differently. And as he started to see her differently, he became one of her best allies and sponsors helping her in her career. And so the mindset shift, going back to our politics mindset and how you want to shift from the penalties are too great for women, the shift is to, I prioritize my growth. So just like Carla Harris did in her example that she shared, she prioritized her growth. She recognized in that moment that she had to change the way that she was interacting with this man to get the outcome that she wanted, which is what? More money and higher level positions. And boy, did she do it. Yep. This growth mindset that that we've effectively been describing through this whole episode is exactly what we want you to embrace, folks. So if you are struggling with, so if my current mindset is I don't do politics and I'm going to be punished, I'm you know, oh, you know, go through the list, but we want you to go, how might I look at this differently? And there's this really great um, animation that I, I often use in, in leadership classes or leadership workshops that I run around a growth mindset. And it gives these two examples of these two kids. And one of them, and, I'm, and I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, you know, there's Johnny and there's Julie. Johnny doesn't, doesn't do stuff that he knows he's not good at. Julie goes, oh, well, I'll give it a go and see what I learn. And, you know, that is, that is, she's, Julie's got the growth mindset and, and Johnny's going to kind of say, I'm going to, I'm going to rest on my laurels and hope to hell that that gets me through. Now, interestingly, Johnny being a, a young white dude is probably going to get ahead just based on that because he's entitled to a whole bunch of stuff. But that growth mindset, what might you, if you were to adjust to a growth mindset around politics at work, how might it serve you better? How might it help you serve your organisation and its customers, its people and its shareholders better? How might it help you, frankly, earn more, as you said, Mel, earn more, become more powerful and influential, create better outcomes for others, including yourself, that those that you hold dear to yourself. So this growth mindset, how might I look at politics at work, human dynamics at work, and shift my mindset to one of how might it benefit me? That's that's what we want you to, to, to consider today. And then, so it, how might it? And then what am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? Okay, before we kind of summarize and wrap up here, I want to go to a quote from the same article. So one more time, it's titled How Women Can Get Comfortable Playing Politics at Work. It's published by Harvard Business Review, written by three wonderful women. This is one thing that they put a light on. Attending a women's conference can double a woman's likelihood of receiving a promotion within a year, triple the likelihood of a 10% plus pay increase within a year, and increase her sense of optimism by up to 78% immediately. Something powerful happens when people engage with others, people are more inspired, they learn new strategies for career advancement, they are exposed to new ideas. They build confidence in asking for what they need and maybe even find a way to share their wisdom with others. I was totally floored when I read this. I'm not surprised, but they just wrote it so succinctly. And 
listeners, we want to share with you when this episode goes live, we're going to be approaching a live event that Michelle and I are hosting stateside. I'm so excited because Michelle and I have been working together for years now, and this will be our first time to meet in person. And I, you know, we're here to serve you. So part of what we're doing while she's here visiting the United States is hosting an intimate workshop for women. And when this when this episode goes live, there's probably still going to be tickets and you can find the details for it at leadtosoar.com slash leadership is. And now if you're a regular listener, you know, Michelle and I are not going to do some cheesy off the shelf leadership kind of workshop here. This is going to be (laughs) highly specific, targeted and unique. So Michelle, give us, give us a little, I don't know, a little sneak peek (laughs) about what we're going to do. Well, I, I got to tell you the easiest sneak peek that I can give you is our our definition of leadership. So leadership is using the greatness in you to achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. We are going to deep dive through that whole leadership definition for two days. And, and when I say deep dive, you're going to deep dive, folks. Um, and we're going to give every woman in attendance Uh, an opportunity to examine the greatness in her. We're going to give her an opportunity to understand, really understand the missing 33% and what to do about it. So which part is missing for her and what to do about it. And we're going to have lots and lots on engaging the greatness in others because networking is working. And Mel's right. We, we show up and we show up in service of women. And this, this two days will be absolutely about investing in yourself and your future potential. And part of that is, and I'm going to loop it back around to, to give us a, a bit of a closeout here, that the the quote that keeps coming to, to mind for me as we've talked about politics, human dynamics, strategic networking, influencing others is, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And the quote that the in that the authors provided here is office politics matter because as a relation as relational beings, getting ahead is as much about people and relationships as it is about skills and experience. So not one or the other. It's about both. So I would say the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who it's who you know. I would say it matters what you know, but it really matters who you know. And that's well, that's what we want all of you to shift your mindset to. Absolutely. So we'd love to have you join us for this unique Leadership Is experience in Madison, Wisconsin, August 11 through 12, 2022. That's a Thursday and Friday. We hope you'll come in, make it a long weekend, learn with us, network with us. It's going to be something really special. It sure is. I am beyond excited about it. Beyond <laughs> excited. Yeah, it's, I'm excited because I just get to come back to the United States, which I feel like is kind of my second home and I haven't been there for such a long time. And yeah, I get to see you, Mel. So it's just cool. It's going to be so fun. All right. So to wrap us up here on this episode, I just want to go back to the five mindset shifts. I want to leave us with the five reframes the positive versions, the growth mindset versions. Here they are. Number one, it's my responsibility to show people how my work connects to theirs. Number two, building connections is a force multiplier. 
Number three, I'm being paid to have a point of view and share it. Number four, my leadership tactics need to match the situation. And number five, I prioritize my growth. Very nicely summarized, Mel. And as as you're going through them, I'm thinking, I reckon we've got an episode for just about every one of those. (laughs) Yeah, we could do. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Lead to Soar. And Michelle, I'll see you next time. You will, Mel. And don't forget, listeners, you don't have to, you shouldn't just turn up, you should show up. Show up. Yeah. Yeah, baby. This summer, A Career That Soars is pleased to offer a new, unique experience. Michelle Redfern, Amal Youssef, and myself, Mel Butcher, will be hosting Leadership Is, a live in-person workshop in Madison, Wisconsin, August 11 through 12, 2022. If you are a leader in an organization that's serious about supporting your female talent pipeline, learn more about sending a small cohort of women from your company to the event at leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. That's leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. And if you're a career woman ready to grow your ability to create the outcomes for your organization that matter most, we'd love for you to join us. Visit leadtosoar.com slash leadership is for attendee workshop details. That's leadtosoar.com slash leadership is. This has been another episode of Lead to Soar, a production of A Career That Soars. You can reach Michelle Redfern at michelleredfern.com and Mel Butcher at melbutcher.com. Join us inside A Career That Soars at acareerthatsoars.com.